0: Gracious God, we thank you that you have not left us in ignorance and darkness, but given us the light of your word. We pray now that by the power of your Holy Spirit you will teach us your word and move our hearts to faith and obedience to the glory of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Say uh, as we begin how grateful I am for the invitation that has been extended to Christine and me to be with you this morning uh, in your church. Uh, and um, we are very glad indeed to be able to share this time with you on this significant occasion uh, of the anniversary of the building of this uh, actually rather grand building, in my opinion, both internally and externally. So it's good to be with you, and of course, building or not, it's more important that we are able to meet with you and have fellowship with you. Uh, the passage is the passage from the epistle, which is on your, um, uh, the uh, outline of the service that you've received, and the uh, outline of the sermon is also uh, inside that booklet. We begin then with uh, a question. Who are we? And one of the answers to this question is to look in the mirror provided for us by God's word. You see, we could be very old. This church has been here for a very long time and God's people have been worshipping here for a very long time. But in another way, we could be immature. We may not be an adult church. We may be a childish church, an immature church, not functioning in an adult way. And this passage Ask us that question. So as uh, I've been round and mixing in churches for many, many years, uh, I noticed the following things that uh, would be signs of immaturity. Uh, division and quarrelsomeness. When people are fighting each other and uh, can't give up uh, having goes at each other all the time. Division and quarrelsomeness. Or openness to false teaching. When some New gospel comes sweeping through. The church becomes fixated on this new teaching. Or, this is most often that you find, I guess, passivity, passivity. Uh, the minister does everything. Uh, the uh, people who attend are at best lukewarm uh, and don't see themselves as having any particular role in their in their attendance at church. Church is just something you come to, but it's not really something that you... Belong to, if I can put it like that. Now there are three things, doubtless there are many others, but three signs that I've observed around the traps uh, 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 in what I'd call immature churches. Division and quarrelsomeness, openness to false teaching, and passivity. But what is the path to maturity, according to this passage here? A path that this congregation may well have taken already. Praise God. But if there's need for challenge, then let's particularly hear the Word of God as we think about these things. Well, the first thing is, as the passage begins, we're asked to walk worthy. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. The calling of God is, of course, the gospel message of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's our calling, and as we respond to that gospel message, so we walk in the way of Christ. How do we walk? We are to walk in a way that is worthy of the calling of our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. That is a very, very high obligation that we have, a high and very wonderful obligation that we have. How do we respond to this? Well, part of this calling and part of what we have received for it's God who has done this is described in the, uh, in the uh, fourth to sixth verses of this chapter. He describes us like this. Are you ready? Look, there is one body. You're not just a, a group of individuals. We have come together as one body, and we know that one body to be called the body of Christ. It is not that the church all around the world is called the body of Christ, that may be so, but it's us as a local congregation who have this glorious title, you are the body of Christ. There is one body and one spirit. For a truly Christian person is indwelt by the spirit of God and we are drawn together as indwelt by the spirit of God. The spirit draws us to each other. One spirit, just as you were called, to one hope when you were called. Now listen to this litany of things that we have as one. And all given to us, by the way. These aren't things we've achieved. These are things which are given to us uh, when we turn to the Lord. Look, uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. These are the massive things that unite us and these are the things that have been given to us. These are part of the calling uh, of which we must be worthy. We must reflect these great things in the life which we live, particularly the life we have together. In particular, he mentions one thing in particular. And look at verse 3, and there it is. Make every effort, he says. Make every effort. Now, please notice he's not speaking to ministers here. Well, he is. But he's speaking to all of us, every single one of us. This is something that we all need to do. Make every effort to keep. Notice the word keep there. It is something that has been given, and now you must keep it. To keep what? Keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit. And how does he say we do this? Look at verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle. Now, here's a word for us all, isn't it? As we keep the unity of the spirit, how? It is by our attitude to each other. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient. Now, that's something that some of us need to learn. Be patient. Bearing with one another in love. For if love is not a mark of a congregation, then one wonders if it is a Christian congregation. For after all, it is the love of God which has drawn us together. It is the love of God we rely on for our salvation. It is the love of God which has brought his son to the cross. And we are commanded to love and not just love those out there, but in particular to love one another. And you exhibit that love with patience, with gentleness, with humility. Is this you? You must answer that. I can't answer that. Is this you? And I suppose, is it you individually, but also, is it a mark of our congregational life that we live like that? Walk worthy. Forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you need to forgive each other. i never forget hearing of a church in which two siblings used to come to church every Sunday for the Holy Communion at the 8 o'clock service. And one would sit on one side of the aisle and one would sit on the other side of the aisle. And 30 or 40 years years before, there'd been a massive blow-up between them. The family was utterly divided. They would come to church. They would never speak to each other. They obviously hated each other. But they came and received communion at the communion rail. I don't know whether the word blasphemous is too strong, but it sounds like it. We need to love each other and forgive each other. Walk worthy. Now, he then develops in this passage how we are to do this. And there's a verse there that um, troubled me when I read it, I have to say. I couldn't quite see how it fitted in. So I consulted the great ones and I can see better now. Verse 6, one God and Father of all who is all, uh, sorry, verse 7 but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. If you're a true believer, you have received God's grace. Of course, because he has received you, that's true. But he has also gifted you. You have been gifted. Gifted not for your own purposes, not to make you feel better about yourself, not to sort of you know, show off your gift but gifted so that you may all the better serve the body of Christ to which you belong. You are gifted to do that. It may not be a spectacular gift. It may be something that others even don't see in you. But you are gifted to do that. As the passage develops, he he points out that Christ has given us gifts, and these gifts are people. Uh, Christ himself, verse 11, gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, these are people. And indeed, a significant role is played in every congregation by those who are gifted and called to preach the word of God. We must honour them, we must pray for them. For the health of the congregation depends upon their expounding of the word of God... So Christ has given pastors and teachers, the pastors are teachers, and the teachers ought to be pastors, for what purpose? Look, to equip his people for works of service. The task of ministry is to equip the people of God for works of ministry, works of service, where the grace of God given to each of us is exhibited. And for what purpose? Look, so that the body of Christ may be built up. We are not static. We are not meant to be just static. We are meant to be growing as a congregation. Not just growing in numbers, but growing, if you like, in quality. Growing in likeness to Jesus. Every year we ought to be more developed in our growth to be like Jesus. Jesus. Until we all reach the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. How do you define maturity? Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. In other words, our likeness to Jesus as a congregation, not just as you as an individual, that is true, but as a congregation, we are also meant to be like Jesus. So that when a newcomer comes, When a person who doesn't know the Lord enters, they enter into the presence, so to speak, of the Lord Jesus, the body of Christ, that which exhibits the love of God, the forgiveness, the embrace, the care, the consideration of Christ for all people. And so we are to grow into maturity How did we do this? And there's a special uh, word for us here. We are to no longer be infants, tossed back and forth. This is verse 14. This is uh, blown by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful wiles. We're meant to be mature. We're not meant to be open to the latest fad or something like that. We need to be careful, of course, particularly in our increasingly non-Christian world, not to embrace the latest ideology and read it as though that is Christian or something like that, that is inconsistent with the word of God. You know, uh, there's an ideology which is very popular which says that human beings are basically good. But The Bible says we human beings are basically not good. That's why we confess our sins on Sundays. It's assumed that you have sinned. Yes. But it's so easy to embrace that teaching that we know we are not to be like that. He says in verse 15, instead, and here's the phrase I particularly think is important, instead speaking the truth in love. And notice that he's not talking here about ordained ministers. Yes, he includes them. But it's the responsibility of every Christian person every person in the congregation of God's people, every person who is part of the body of Christ, speak the truth. The truth of God's word. The truth of the gospel. The truth that we read in God's word. And to do so, not in a denunciatory, angry, nasty way, but to do it in love. Building up the other person so that we may build up the whole body of Christ. You're gifted to do that. You may not be much of a speaker. You may not be an orator. But you know, sometimes it's just a word, isn't it? It's just a word of encouragement. It's just a word, almost a wordless word, when you put out the arm and touch the grieving person. It's a word in which you live the word of Christ and in which you speak the word of Christ, in which you say, the greatest thing about me is that I am forgiven by the Lord Jesus. And so encourage each other. You do that. You see yourself as having a ministry here. One of the tests of that would be, and uh, now I'm going to sound like a minister. Are you ready? I probably do already, but now I'm going to sound like a minister. Ready? One of the ways we do that is being here every Sunday. You see, it's all very well to sort of drop in and out, to come occasionally perhaps, to um, come when the sun is shining or perhaps not come when the sun is shining, but come. Yeah, it, it, it's all very well to come occasionally. But that is not the picture of church we have here. The picture of church is of a group of people who meet constantly with each other, who know each other, who love each other, who care for each other. We have here a picture of a a group of people who can speak the truth to each other. Not the truth of nastiness, I don't mean that, but the truth of God's word spoken in love. And look what happens uh, as he he goes on here. Look, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ, from whom, look at verse 16, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, I don't know what ligament you are, but every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up, builds itself up, up. Yes, it's the job of the minister. Yes, of course it is. But it's the job of every one of us who have all been graced by God, all been gifted, build up every supporting ligament, builds itself up in love as each part does its work. And so... God be thanked for the long history of this church. God be thanked that the witness to the Lord Jesus has been here in this place for so many years. God be thanked for those who have gone before us. God be thanked for those who are here now. God be thanked for the music. God be thanked for the ministry of God's word. God be thanked. But as we thank God for his great gift, as we thank him that we are united in christ that we are one body in christ one father one lord one hope as we thank him for these things we remember that we are to live worthy of our calling and that gifted by god we are to speak the truth of the word of god to each other and to live it out with each other will you do it let's pray heavenly father thank you for your word We pray that challenged by it, we may hear this as a word from the Lord. We pray that you would help us to repent where repentance is called for, but that in any case, you would help us to love each other, to serve each other, to speak the truth with each other, and to grow into the maturity which is measured by our likeness to Jesus. And we pray these things for Jesus' sake. Amen.